everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, and wanted to remind you of our upcoming Cannabis Marketing Summit this June 21st through 23rd in Denver, Colorado at the Hilton City Center. Over two and a half days, we'll be talking about all things cannabis marketing best practices, from SEO to retail design. We're even doing solo sessions and workshops on things like creating a marketing budget quarter by quarter and tying it to return on ad spend and a negotiation workshop. There's an expo hall, a brand and retail pop-up, an after party, and several offsites for you to enjoy in Colorado in the summer. We're also launching our CMA Sevens Awards, our first ever and annual marketing awards focused on awarding 20 best of categories featuring effective campaigns that advance the image of cannabis. All summit ticket holders get one free entry to the CMA Sevens and the award show will happen on Friday, June 23rd at lunch, which is the last day of the Cannabis Marketing Summit. Get your tickets online now at thecannabismarketingassociation.com. And if you're interested in exhibiting or sponsoring, you can check out our deck and our opportunities online or reach out to summit at marketingcannabis.org. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, founder and CEO of the Cannabis Marketing Association. And today's guest is Michelle Ringelberg, the founder and CEO of ThrivePop. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, I'm really excited. It's my pleasure. So first, please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background. I know you're located in Muskegon. You've been a longtime CMA member and supporter, and you do a lot of great things in the cannabis marketing space. So I want to hear a little bit about Michelle and your career, um, mm-hmm. what what brought you to cannabis, and about your founding journey with Pop as well. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I have been doing marketing since like 1990-ish, so I've nice. seen a lot <laughs> where everything was very traditional, you know, print and and actually like one of the first um, online ads was Overture, which was before Google Ads, so that kind of tells the story of how old I am. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) anyways, um, I had worked for marketing director at a couple different places. And um, the place that I really enjoyed being was at a local hospital. And the reason I loved that was because it was small businesses. So it was the for-profit entities of the healthcare system. So what I really loved is just- And where was this at the time? This was in Muskegon, Michigan. And um, what I liked is like every company was so different. They had different audiences. So you had to constantly be changing. Okay, like, well, this is for weight loss. So we're gonna focus here. And this is pharmacy. So we need to take another direction for, you know, because everybody's going to respond differently. And there was another local hospital, they merged. My job was eliminated and my husband owns an IT company. So I just decided, well, I'll just kind of help you until I find a job. Well, that ended up, I ended up being 
there more than he was and working more than he was. And you know, it was crazy, but I was managing the web division and then doing all of their marketing. And as I would talk with the web clients, I would say, Hey, like, did you think about doing this? We really should do this. And they really were wanting to hire me for marketing, which didn't really make sense as an IT company. Um, so my husband and I decided, hey, let's spin this off. Then you can then still have the variety of like choosing like whatever clients you want. And hey, take the web development team with you. So in 2017, we did that and we named it Thrive Pop. And when I was thinking about, man, what do I want to like name this? I really like was thinking, what is it that I like to do and what excites me and gets me like motivated? And it really is about helping other companies thrive and making sure their messaging pops, you know, so that's kind of how we came up with the name Thrive Pop. And, you know, it wasn't focused on cannabis initially. It was very like basic, generic, you know, any type of company that needed help, we would help. And one of our hosting clients um, with, was, came to us and said, hey, like we would like just an email campaign. Can can you guys help us with this? And so we went in and we're a HubSpot partner. And so we were showing them, oh, we can do all this really cool things with marketing automation. And they had um, a marketing creative director there that was just handling like all of these different companies all by yourself. And they're like, you really need this team to help you. So, and it was PIP Horticulture, which PIP Mobile is the parent company. And so we kind of started working with them on just on one email and it really has evolved and they have really helped get us, you know, into the cannabis space. And I remember going to lunch with them and saying, hey, like, how can we help you more with cannabis? And they said, it would be great if you would send somebody from your team to this big trade show that happens. It's called MJ BizCon. And so, yeah, so I sent Brittany to MJ BizCon and I said, okay, here's the deal. Like, we're spending money to send you there. They're giving you the ticket. You need to come back with leads. You need to talk to people. I want business cards. And so she came back all excited and was just like, oh my gosh, there's such a need for marketing in the space. And at that time, this was before COVID and all of that. And she's like, yeah, what year did she go? Oh gosh. I don't, I think maybe, I don't remember probably four years ago. I think it was the year before COVID, whatever. Okay. That was. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she came back and I said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And I want the team to learn and understand 
all the issues of what's happened. I mean, we know marketing, but cannabis marketing is a whole nother game, you know, and there's a lot of rules and regulations and we don't want companies uh, social media shut down and things like that and so the whole team was really excited and we just kind of jumped into it and we fell into cannabis basically like it wasn't really a plan or a great strategic idea it was just hey we got this client and they want us to learn about it and wow there's this huge opportunity let's do a really good job and really dive into it. Um, and so when we made that decision, like I said, okay, I'm gonna like join these associations because I really did that just to learn and like absorb like as much information as I could because I knew that I didn't know, you know, but I wanted to like really like be around people that had more experience than me in cannabis marketing to just absorb as much as I could really. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me, so you do, so you're a HubSpot partner, you have email marketing. How has your, what services do you, tell me about the services you, you have and what do you see cannabis companies utilizing the most, but also needing the most? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we really focus on the strategy piece and really like helping clients develop that marketing strategy with goals and KPIs and just keeping us accountable to them as well, because they're paying us a retainer. And when, if if we're not producing good results, good marketing results, then they're not going to stay with us, right? So really like my goal is just to make sure we've set up the goals and then each month we're talking to them about those goals. And depending on what the goals are, are we'll decide on the tactics. So it really, every company is gonna be a little bit different based on their budget and what they can do. but you know, the most important is the strategy. And so like our team, we have created pods. So basically every new retainer client that we have has a strategist, which is their go-to person. And then they have a graphic designer, social media, a copywriter, a web developer. So they have like the full marketing team, um, but the strategist is their point person and the strategist is really the quality control too you know so we're talking with the client we're like then disseminating that to the team and the team is very familiar with that client because they work on that client every day all day so they really are in, you know engaged in that client and are learning about that business like what is it that they like? What do they not like? You know, we know this person isn't going to like this design because of whatever. So it, it really, instead of jumping around to different graphic designers and they have different styles and that, we just really try to mesh the personality of the client to the right team members. And then they all 
you know, collaborate and, you know, they're, they're very used to like working together as that pod. That's interesting. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like one of the challenges in marketing in general, definitely in cannabis, but in general is having, there can be so much blur between like roles where if you need to, like you said, copywriting, designing, web developing, strategy, like some teams just have one person who's doing all of that and that all mm. fund un- falls under marketing. And it's hard to be good at all. They're, they're just completely different skill sets. Um, but then also finding the right team where all of it goes well together and the copywriter knows how to talk about the business and how to write about it and how to pitch it. And it goes well with the um, aesthetic and the design and the brand and um, that all the technology is working seamlessly, particularly you're talking about HubSpot and marketing automation. Um, that can get hard. It can be difficult. So um, I like that concept of having a pod that works together. And it's not just there's someone behind the scenes working on this and cranking it out. It's really catered to that client and um, what works best for them. Because I think that is can be an issue or point of um, contention between clients and service providers is how do you find that right match? Um, so that's really cool that you do that. Yeah. One question I had is what are some effective marketing strategies? So you talked about having a strategist for each client and I know everyone's a little bit different, but is there any trends you've seen as far as effective strategies that work for cannabis businesses, um, from your perspective? Yeah. You know, that's always, the number one question everybody wants to know, what is the one marketing tactic I can do that's going to work? And it's always, it's always very different, right? And I like to tell people, we have to go where your audience is hanging out. So where is that, right? And one thing that we've seen super good results with is the publications. So, um, for example, like Max Yield, they are a publication, but they also have, you can do display ads on their website. You can do website takeovers. They have pop-ups or a lot of different things. So it becomes digital as well. So um, if a client, say, puts a print ad going back to the 1990s, um, which is like very old school, but with since COVID, the reintroduction to QR codes has been super helpful for us marketing people that want to track everything, right? So use a QR code, it goes to the landing page, they fill out the form, then we can track like from the time that they're seeing the ad to, okay, what's happening with this lead? Are they purchasing and tying that back to the cost and so hey this campaign for this publication ad generated this many results um, it does a few things it actually helps significantly build your database too right because if they can't have something until they submit the form then that goes into hubspot then we add them to drip campaigns so we're consistently like hitting them and like talking to them and it's like you know you can segment to by uh, personas and like all kinds of fun stuff but I would say like of those like 
that's what we've seen the best results. And instead of doing Google ads, which you can't do anyways, or social, which is really hard to track the revenue. I mean, this has been like really successful for us. Um, that's just one, you know, area that we've seen with some of our B2B clients. Um, for B2C, I think, you know, SMS marketing is like really helpful. They have, um, you, they can put them on discount programs. You can also do like segmenting of the list and, and things like that. But video is like the number one thing too, you know, for social and really making sure like it's number one for the fourth year in a row. And I think Instagram has like 2 billion followers. And so just doing more and more video is going to be very, very successful if you do it right, you know, and it, it's really about connecting with people's emotions, whether it be like humor or, you know, whatever that may be, just making sure that you're able to tell that story to connect with, because on the other side of the computer or phone is a person, right? And so we wanna make sure that we're able to connect with them in that way. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think sometimes uh, with marketing, it can be very easy to get quite analytical and logical and like, this is the benefits of my product and this is what we do. and all of that is good and makes sense, but you don't want to miss that human component in that human connection because there is that is ultimately how the world turns and how business gets done. Um, yeah, and I would agree with you. I think humor in video is, for me at least, one of the most effective ways. Uh, but you know, it's got to be in line with your brand and your messaging and um, what's that tone of voice that you're using in ad mm -hmm. campaigns and to connect. So, um, yeah. Sometimes clients want to be salesy and just sell, sell, sell. And they think that every email needs to like generate a lead. But we really take the approach of we want to educate. We want to add value. Like, how is this benefiting them from reading this email? And by doing that, then you can then earn trust and then they start trusting you. And then they'll, maybe they'll click through or maybe they go to the website and they start learning more. And, you know, they may not call you right now, but after a while, if you are consistent with that, those educational like tips, then they're going to eventually reach out to you because yeah, that company kept giving me those. They're like really knowledgeable because they were, teaching me things. So that's really what we want to focus on. And clients sometimes will just want it to be, but there's not a sale or I'm not, we're not saying how great we are. You know, we got to talk about the benefits and features and yeah, there's a time and place for that, but you don't want every single email to be like that. Otherwise people will unsubscribe and not see the value. Yeah. It's, it's, Kind of one of the core um, principles of content marketing too. It's like, yeah. particularly with newsletters in your inbox, you get 
everyone's overloaded in their inbox. So if it isn't adding value, they're, they're going to notice that right away. They're not going to be excited to open it. They're not going to get anything new. And I think sales when done right really is good education because you're saying, oh, I this person knows what they're talking about. They are an expert in this space and therefore I can trust them. So it's also building that trust, um, which I think comes back to your point about that human component that you're marketing to a person. So you want to build trust with them so they know, hey, Michelle knows what she's talking about. I can trust her. I'm going to be more interested in learning about her company and possibly working with her because um, I've already established this through these communications. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important in cannabis too, particularly as things get more competitive as um, products, particularly for licensed companies, there's so many and they all essentially do the same thing. And sometimes the variance between them is, is um, small shades of difference here. So how do you communicate that and how do you build trust so that you can get loyal customers who come back? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's great. And it's just going to get more competitive as States open. And that was the one thing that I think I noticed about the cannabis industry versus other verticals is that it is very competitive. And people are insanely competitive, you know, online and on social that it's, you have to be, you have to really know what you're talking about. Otherwise you're going to get killed on social, you know, because they will call you out and they're not afraid to do it. Yes. That's a very good point. (laughs) They'll do it early. They'll do it with with a whiff, any whiff. Um, I would definitely yeah. agree to that. I de- I, I've seen it on the B2B side. I, I know what happens on the B2C side, but I would definitely agree. There's this, when you have a new industry, that's, um, a, it's a startup industry and essentially everyone in this space is a startup entrepreneur, just given how nascent it is as a whole. Um, people want that top spot. Companies want that top spot. And we're still in a pre-federal, um, legalization era. And we know that that's the ne- one of the next big turning points that's really going to shape how this industry moves forward and um, who continues to stick around and remain profitable as a business. So yeah. that's a that's a very good point as far as doing your due diligence, knowing what you're talking about, um, and being very mindful and thoughtful of where and how you are positioning those communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know. I like to be vulnerable and just like let people know like, hey, I don't know everything. And so I know a lot, but there are certain things that maybe I don't know, which is like why I joined the associations because I knew that, hey, I know marketing, but I don't know marketing for cannabis. And so it's been like, what? six years now that we've been doing this and, and there's still going to be a lot that we still need to learn. You know, it's just one of those things that you make a mistake and then you learn and then, okay, next time we're not going to do that. And it's at the time when something does go wrong, it's like, it's very stressful. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, this happened. But 
when you look back at those mistakes, you're like, that was like very pivotal to my career and like my business. And it was a game changer. Like I remember when I first started, you know, we were majority web development and like maybe 20% marketing. And I really did not like dealing with the web development piece of it because it's very analytical. Like I don't, I'm not a coder. I'm not going to claim to ever be a coder, but you know, one of the, I would always want to get really creative. And of course, you know, developers are like, that can be done. That can be, you know, it's like, yeah, I can, I know it can be done. Let's figure yeah. this out. <laughs> and um, so I had this one client that it was this online application system. Okay. So it's like, we have like HP programmers like doing this work and clients on me I'm on the developer I'm like I need to see something I need it's behind the code you you can't see it yet blah blah blah. and I'm like this is just taking too long and I'm not sure if you're telling me the truth developer um so I go back to the client and I just like you know we're so over out of scope I we can't continue, you know, my business is going to go under if like I continue doing this. So it's, this is very difficult for me, but like, I have to give you your money back and I will help you find another company that is qualified, but I just can't do it. And I remember leaving that meeting so relieved because I'm like, huh, why am I doing this to myself? I am doing this stuff that I know I'm not good at. Like, I know that I'm not an online application specialist. I'm a marketing person. And I know we need web because you have to direct traffic and convert and things like that. But I don't need a Magento website or a Laravel website or, you know, it's like, we just need to focus on basic WordPress sites, HubSpot sites, something that I can understand, I can get in there, I can fix things myself. And once that happened, it was like our company just turned around because this big relief was off of my shoulders. And I could talk about what I love, you know, and not, oh, are they going to ask me some coding question that I don't know about? Right. And, but that's the whole thing too is, um, um, when I have consultants talk to me, it's like, you know, do what you love. That's what you, you will be successful if you're doing what you love. And what I love is talking to clients, getting them excited about the possibility to help them grow. And once I started talking with clients about that, then it was just, it just came, you know, because I am not like salesy at all. I'm an introvert. And same. so <laughs> same. And it's very hard to be both of those and a CEO. Yes. And actually like the first year, my CPA was like, what are we doing? Because you're losing money every single month. We got to figure this out. And then it was him that like recommended, like, we just have to say, take your money back and let's, we need to readjust here. And he said, 
tell me like, is there a need for your service? And I'm like, well, yeah, because of blah, 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 you know, and I'm talking, he's like, um, so he just sat back in his seat and he said, you just sold me. You're a salesperson. I said, I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> I said, I'm an introvert. Uh, uh-uh. And he says, I know, but when you're in the room, you're just talking to me. You're just consulting with me, right? That's what, that's what you do at sales meetings. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm not like the car salesman, you know, like I just, I don't want to be like the pesky, like person that's like calling, calling, calling. That's just not me. And he said, well, how about this? What if we hire a telemarketing company? They get you the meeting. You just go into the meeting, see how you can help them. Because what do you think about that? I said, I could probably do that, you know, and that's really how it started. And we started growing because I don't want to call and pester people and bother them. It's just if they want me, you know, they'll come to me. It's like, of course, that's not exactly the way it goes. That's what in my perfect world, that's how it would be. But, you know, just consulting and like, teaching them different things that they could do or have you thought about this and it's really problem solving too like helping that client figure out what's the way that my client is going to convert and helping them do that and so that's you know and if you're really talking about stuff that you love it it just comes off and it as like you're very genuine and you know real you know and I'm not like a fake person you know at all i'm just very here it is here's what you get (laughs) i'm not gonna sugarcoat it and i'm gonna tell you i don't think that's gonna work we could try it if you really insist but my recommendation would be this and that's just worked out pretty good for us thank you for sharing that story i really appreciate that because i think one it's not easy to talk about our week weaknesses. I'm saying this in air quote for everyone who's listening and our failures. Um, But if we learn from them and we account for them, they can be turned into strengths. Um, And I also just, I'm so glad you shared like being an introvert and not a salesperson also as a founder and CEO, because this is, I'm the, you you took the words out of my mouth, Michelle. I couldn't (laughs) have articulated that story better if I tried and the, the struggle with that. And I think for Um, Some folks who are considering starting businesses, uh, women in particular, and maybe folks who aren't used to sort of speaking up or having their voice heard, they can feel like I can't do this because I am not this way. How could I lead a business? How could I be a CEO? How could I scale something if I am uh, a, um, like a, like even for myself, I'm like, I'm a behind the scenes strategist. I'm an operator and I, and I love marketing. That's all a part of it. But I like to build from that way, as opposed to always being you know, salesy and out in front, but you can still do it and you can still build a business and have a business, but you have to account for that. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that because I think there's a lot of lessons in that, not just for, well, both for marketing and for entrepreneurs and business owners, and also in the cannabis space, because in the cannabis space, you can so much changes so quickly And the way things are one year and the way things are another year can be very, very different. 
um, particularly if you're growing and expanding your services, if you're going into new markets. And so the ability to be able to learn quickly and pivot is crucial to success in this space, regardless of what type of business you have or what sector or vertical you're in. Um, and I think you have to just be really adaptable and um, able to respond to those challenges given mm -hmm. the nature of this industry and how difficult it can be. Um, and I think one thing too, with messaging and marketing, one thing we just to pivot the conversation a little bit, but like we've seen the consumer change and evolve too. So like the marketing messaging and who the cannabis consumer is, has grown, has matured, has expanded, which means if you're a cannabis business, you need to continue to see what is my message? Am I refining it? Do I understand who my consumer is today? Have they changed from last year or the years before? So there's that constant iteration, even when you find a process um, or a strategy or channel that works or that sticks, um, that really is a particular skill set, whether you mm -hmm. have it internally or you work with an agency like yours that's able to do that and understand um, that nuance of working in this space as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that like some people, like when they first start talking to us, think, you know, it's cookie cutter, right? Like, well, I know you work yes. with this client, so do that for me. Well, that's, you, that's not how it works, you know, because you have a different product, you have you know, it, everything is different. So we really need to change things up and what works one time might not work the next time. Uh, it's just, you know, if you think you found, found that golden nugget of, okay, like, Hey, this worked really good. And I got a 30% like ROI. I'm going to just keep doing that for 10 years. That's not how it works. Yeah. You know, and you have to always I mean technology's changing every economy's change like everything is changing and so luckily I love change and I love like perfecting and fixing and tweaking so that's it's good for me because it keeps my mind you know really like like hungry for the newest and the latest and the greatest and um and speaking of that, like AI is like crazy. Like AI is, is yeah. like all over the place right now. And um, there's good parts and there's bad parts, but you know, that's just an ever-changing thing that is happening right now too. And the uh, you know, it's good in that it's helping entry-level people get started, right? Like what kind of headline should I use? Well, I'm going to use chat GPT and I'm going to say, what's the best headline for this? You know, and it gets them rolling, but the caution there is, well, everybody and their brother is doing this. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so yes. don't just use what they say as like the easy way out. It's just, it will help inspire ideas at least. Yes. Yeah. That's we could do a whole episode on AI. I know it's come up in every marketing related conversation I've had lately, even web development too, with our own web 
team. It's like the way websites are getting built is changing. The way marketing automation and technology is changing. Um, speaking of HubSpot, we also use HubSpot um, and they have their own chat GPT for HubSpot that they're working on building, which would allow you yes. to ask, ask your CRM questions and be able to pull data that prior you would need years of experience or uh, special expertise to be able to find that and pull that out. And it really is going to change um, the landscape moving forward. So we'll have to see how it, how it all plays out, but um, it is moving quickly. But I, I did want to ask back to HubSpot and back to technology. Um, you were talking about, I want to talk about like marketing funnels and how to leverage technology. Cause you were saying, okay, we're basically talking about inbound, right? Like you can mm -hmm. build this website and you can put out content, whether it's a newsletter or a blog, you get folks' um, names, emails, you get it into your CRM, and then you can retarget them through different technology. But for the sake of this conversation, HubSpot has like a marketing automation tool you can use that puts um, different like funnels and workflows that says, okay, if Michelle opened this email and then she clicked on this link, she's going to receive this next piece of content or um, someone on the team is going to get a notification to reach out to her. Can you, so I want to put this in context to what cannabis companies can do, because I think a lot of folks, um, I get the same as you, where the number one question I get asked is like, what is the thing to, what is the marketing thing to do to my business? And I'm always like, that's not the right question. The right question is who is your customer and where are they? And then we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but assuming clients and businesses get this model of putting out content, getting inbound leads, having a database that they can work with of current customers or um, leads that they're generating, you can use marketing automation and technology and you can use these tools to nurture them down the funnel that aren't Google ads, that aren't you know um, the things that we can complain about that we don't have access to, but we actually do still have access to a lot of tools, but it's often about really understanding how to use them. Um, so I, I want to get your take on that and what cannabis companies can do. But, um, oh, what was I, there's one other thing I was just going to say about that. Um, oh, that I think companies who do understand this can get smarter faster. So as you were saying, how things change really quickly, how this industry is constantly changing, how you always need to be on top of things. If you are able to figure out how to market to your current leads and your current database without using any of these other easier tools like Google ads or whatnot, um, you're going to get a bit smarter about your customers and what they're saying and what they're asking for. And that's going to help you grow moving forward. So I want to hear your take on how cannabis businesses can leverage um, tools that they already have, including their own first party data and any other context you want to add about how you use it or best practices that, um, that you believe are tried and true. Yeah. I think the key is if you have this database, there's a lot of stuff you don't know, right? You don't know what that person is really interested in. And so with the marketing automation tools, you know, they have this, it's called smart content. So like if somebody clicks on this thing, you know, hey, they're interested in marketing automation. Let's now add them to a list 
that is marketing automation. And so the next time we go like as a marketing company to say, hey, um, we're gonna send out this email about marketing automation. Well, send it to your list marketing because we know people are interested in that. And we want to make sure the content is relevant. And so you can start learning your audience by doing those types of things. And um, for example, like on forms, you've seen where it's like, what is your job title? You know, and I will say, oh, I'm the marketing director. Great. Well, what that does on the back end is then that is assigning it to that persona marketing director. And there's certain things we know about marketing directors. They are interested in, you know, um, creating great campaigns. Like, how can I do it better, faster? How can I prove the ROI versus a CEO or a CFO? Their concern is going to be cost. How do I get my cost down? You know, and so you can then segment like a CFO to say, okay. This is a CFO. So now we're going to add them to this list. And when we have a campaign that's talking about reducing your ad spend, we want them to get that right because they're going to be interested in that. They're not going to be interested in how do I get more budget out of my CFO? Because, you know, that's something the marketing director is going to be interested in. So it's just really like making sure the content you are sending is relevant to that person and you can do that with the automation and one thing that we haven't done a lot with but i was just talking with one of my team members today about you know if they're coming from say europe you know changing out you can make it so that content flips to say, you know, in Europe, blah, 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 you know. So your website content can change based on certain criteria through the marketing automation. So it can know their IP address is from Australia or wherever. And then you can then change the copy to correlate with that person from Australia versus, you know, like if it's somebody in California, hey, like get the latest ebook on how you can whatever in California. And so it's just leveraging those. Those are more advanced, but still I would say the first recommendation is like segmenting that list down like more and more so that you can really fine tune your audience because you may just have this big like list of people from MJ Bizcon, right? And it's like, okay, now there's people that want to be vendors or uh, like partners and there's people that, you know, have dispensaries, there's B2B, you know, so like how do you then segment those, you know, and like um, because you don't want to just, I call it pray and spray, you know, just send it out to the masses and hope that they're going to grasp it because they're going to unsubscribe because if they're a partner, they don't want to know about, I don't know, offers that we're having, you know, they want to have a relationship with us versus, you know, somebody that's interested in just social media, you know, we want 
them to be on the social media list and and so forth so there it's it's very fun and exciting doing all of that stuff but it does take time to like figure it all out and manage it and set up workflows to make sure that happens yeah yeah thank you for that context i didn't know about the ip address changing the copy based on where you are yeah um, which I wonder if that gets funny with people who use VPNs and say they're in Australia when they're really in New Jersey, <laughs> what that yeah. would be like when they land on the site. But um, that's cool. I didn't know that technology existed. Yeah. Like another example would be say you have a webinar and you want to create a landing page for people that came to the webinar and a landing page for people that didn't. Well, you really don't need to do two landing pages. You could do one landing page, but set up the criteria that if they didn't attend the copy flips to say, you didn't, sorry, you didn't make it, blah, 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 you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, before we wrap, is there any last bits of advice? Like what would be your number one piece of advice for marketers in the cannabis space? I would say just be patient, it will come. And I know that it's it's hard because you just wanna see results instantly. And sometimes it it just doesn't do that. And you have to stay vigilant and consistent with what you're doing and just give it time because sometimes people will try a campaign and say it didn't work i'm done i'm not i don't believe in marketing <laughs> and yeah trust us like marketing works you know you just have to work the marketing yeah and constantly iterate and improve with what you're learning so you can get better yes yeah yeah Awesome. There's, there's a lot to it, but it's it's fun. But you do have you do have to have patience. I'm not a very patient person, but um, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> it must be an introvert try. Uh, <laughs> trait yeah. or something. Yeah, you're like I've processed this all. Uh, it makes <laughs> sense, so I'm ready to move forward. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Michelle, is there any? contact information you want to share website social media how can folks find you if they're interested in um, learning more about thrive pop and connecting with you yeah um our website is just thrivepop.com and we're on all the socials we're on instagram uh linkedin facebook um tiktok we're not really active on twitter but um you can find us by just searching us, you know, on any of those platforms and reach out to us and we'd be happy to chat and, you know, do a free consultation. We like to hear like struggles people are having and see how we can help. Awesome. Well, Michelle, I appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. We'll see you next week and we'll see you in June at the Cannabis Marketing Summit. Get your tickets now at thecannabismarketingassociation.com to get your free entry to the CMA 7's Marketing Awards.